Life follows employees to work each day. Smart employers are providing information and tools to help them deal with all of those non-work-related concerns. How are they accomplishing that, and what subjects are employees asking about? We'll find out on this episode of Shift Shapers. Change either paralyzes or energizes. The choice is yours. You're listening to the Shift Shapers podcast. You're about to learn firsthand from businesses and entrepreneurs who have successfully shaped the shifts in their industries. Get ready to become the change that you want to see. Here's your host and chief transformation strategist, David Saltzman. This episode of the Shift Shapers podcast is brought to you by Captivated Health, a captive insurance arrangement designed specifically for educational institutions. If you have clients in that vertical, you know the healthcare deck has been stacked against them. Today, Captivated Health offers the stability, control, and savings they've been waiting for. For more information, go to www.captivatedhealth.com or click on the company logo on the Shift Shapers website. On this episode of Shift Shapers, we're speaking with Anna Mittag. Anna is Vice President of Operations at LifeSpeak. They are leaders in the mental health and the workplace arena. We're going to talk about things from a workplace and from an individual standpoint. But we talk often on the podcast about the communication gap, what info consumers need and what info patients need, how it affects almost everything else they do from decision making to cost to consumerism. And it seems that This is a great place to start. It's something Anna and her company have studied extensively, and we're pleased to have her on the podcast. With that, welcome, Anna. Thanks very much, David. So you started out on the Canadian side of the border. How has that changed? How is that different than the United States? And how has that changed your viewpoint or has it about how you deliver information to employees and consumers? It's been very interesting, actually. We've been around for quite a long time now, almost 15 years. Our company is certainly Canadian at its origins. We do, of course, do business in the U.S. and elsewhere at the moment. I don't know that working in the U.S. has changed the way that we deliver information, but it has certainly opened our eyes to the way a a nation can sort of awaken to the idea that mental health, mental illness is something that needs to be taken seriously at every level in society, governmental, employer, individuals, family members, that type of thing. I say that because Canadian organizations and the Canadian government itself actually have for a long time now been very openly discussing mental illness. I prefer to use that term sometimes than mental health because it's, you know, we we always are working towards destigmatizing the notion. Organizations and the government have been committed to opening up the conversation about mental illness uh, at every level of society. So at least for the last 15 years that we've been working in this in this space, we've been working with organizations such as Bell Canada, Canadian governmental organizations, who are very, very open and committed to raising awareness of mental illness in the workplace, providing people and their family members with support they need to talk about mental illness, to understand it a little bit better. And of course, when we went, moved into the U.S. with our business model, we began having conversations with U.S. organizations. And 
we sort of couldn't really even use the term mental health or mental illness. It was just not something that anybody ever talked about. Sometimes people would go so far as to talk about addiction or substance abuse, but the idea of well-being at that time was very much about physical well-being. So targeting diabetes, pre, pre-diabetes, heart and stroke, et cetera, et cetera. And in the six years or so that we've been having these conversations with U.S. organizations, it's just been a 180-degree turnaround. Now people look to us because we have this long lead time in thinking about, talking about, supporting people about mental illness and mental health. And it's like a light bulb has gone off. And that's all we talk about now when we're in the U.S. And that's what our, that's what organizations are looking for. They realize, of course, that not only is it a hugely prevalent problem that people struggle with every day, but it's also affecting organizations' bottom lines. There are some programs that I'm aware of where they tend to connect individuals, employees, patients, et cetera, with clinicians. But But some consumers, especially in this area, seem to prefer privacy. What have you found in that regard? That's also very interesting. People are hesitant to reach out and talk to somebody about well all kinds of problems, but particularly mental health slash mental illness problems. I think there's a number of reasons why that might be so. First of all, it requires a, a huge effort, sort of mental and otherwise, to actually pick up the phone or talk to somebody. And if somebody is already in, in mental health crisis, that energy can be very difficult to summon. People are also quite uninformed about mental illness and mental health in general. It's so stigmatized, the, they're thinking to themselves, well, maybe, maybe I'm okay, really. Maybe I'm just having a bad day. I don't want to bother anybody. I don't really know if something's wrong. What if I start off this process and then it carries me off? And in fact, I was okay to begin with. So we've found that giving people the opportunity to access high quality information about mental illness and mental health anonymously has been very, very helpful to them. And also not only, not only high quality information, but uh, anonymous access to leading experts in the field of mental health and mental illness. It's something, you know, if people can, let's say, pick up their smartphone and after a couple of clicks, start listening to a a recognized leading expert talking about depression and anxiety and explaining what it is and how many people have it and what are perhaps some signs and symptoms and what are some possible treatments that you might want to consider if you you think you're you're suffering from this. That is a very, very non-threatening and easy first step to take rather than worrying and worrying and then deciding I need to pick up my the phone and call a counselor and, and make an appointment. People don't want to be discovered, I guess, or exposed when they're worried about their own or a loved one's mental health. And anonymity is a great way of encouraging them to take that first step when they might not otherwise if it requires, as I said, exposure. From a user experience standpoint, do you deliver text, video, audio, all of the above? And what seems to be the most effective for people? Or do you just let them meet it where it is? At LifeSpeak, you mean? Yes. We actually deliver this information and these tips in several modalities for exactly 
that reason. We, you, you never know what learning modality people are going to be most comfortable with. So we deliver the information through video modules, through printed tip sheets, actionable tip sheets that are drafted and written by the experts themselves, audio podcasts, and of course, live sessions, live web chat sessions where users can directly ask these experts their questions in real time, but totally anonymously. We see that the video module modality is by far the most popular. And I think that's because of its immediacy and its its accessibility. Literally all a an end user needs to do is, is click with their mouse or on, on their smartphone and they're watching, let's say, five minutes of a leading expert talk about suicide prevention or how to recognize what to do if you know somebody is struggling with thoughts of suicide. That's immediate. That takes They know it takes five minutes. They can do it wherever they happen to be. So that's by far our most popular modality. The web chats happen on a monthly basis, so it's obviously not available 24-7 like the videos are, so that has slightly less participation. But I think that when a user uses that modality to pose a personal question that they want answered, the return on investment for their time is, is, is a thousand times higher. Well, I mean, it makes sense because the video is kind of one step back from that perhaps stigmatizing one-on-one nose-to-nose visits. So it, it kind of gives you, gives them the best of both and keeps them feeling, I guess, safe and comfortable. What are the most frequent search topics that you see? I, across our client base, and for years and years and years now, and this covers North America and some overseas users as well, we're number one most watch video series is about mental health in the workplace. Now, that is the title of the series. I don't want to say that everybody's worried about what mental health in the workplace. Obviously, what our expert talks about in that series has applicability to people's personal lives as well. But it covers issues like facts about depression. Our speaker very eloquently tells stories, a speaker is a psychiatrist and a professor, stories about people who have come to him and said, you know, I went on stress leave at work and I was gone for six months. And that was because, you know, I had severe depression or anxiety. And when I came back, not one of my colleagues asked me about it. And I felt so alone because if I had come back after having a broken leg or a cancer scare or what have you, that would have been very, very different. So he, this particular expert, talks a lot about what mental health or mental illness is, i.e. preventable, a real form of human suffering, and what it isn't, which is, you know, a sign of weakness or something that nothing can be done about. And that has been our most popular topic. Beyond that, people access the content around anxiety disorders and generalized worry and relationships. So couples relationships, divorce, conflicts, marital conflicts, that type of thing. So those are our three most popular topics across all of our client base for many years now. And I think really it makes so much sense. Everybody is different, but in many ways, the human experience is universal. These are things that we all struggle with. And so it makes sense that these are, this is information that we are all seeking at one time or another. And now a word from our sponsor. Captivated Health is a single source solution for your clients and prospects who are in the education vertical. The founders of Captivated Health have nearly 20 years' experience working with educational institutions, and over that time, 
they've developed a keen understanding of the unique problems these clients experience. Frustrated by a lack of control, the unpredictability of ever-increasing healthcare costs, and the pressures and regulations of the Affordable Care Act, these groups have been adrift in the fully insured commercial marketplace until now. Captivated Health has built a program that solves those problems, and it does so with virtually no disruption to faculty and staff while saving clients millions of dollars. We wanted you to be among the first to know that Captivated Health is building a national distribution partner network so you can bring this cutting-edge solution to the educational clients you advise. To learn more about the Captivated Health solution, go to their website at www.captivatedhealth.com or click on their logo on the Shift Shapers website. And now, back to our interview. Well, maybe a more topical question. In, in the last several weeks, we've seen suicides that are high profile, Kate Spade, Anthony Bourdain, to name a, a couple. And the statistics are starting to come to the fore that suicide is, has become a leading cause of death, at least in North America. Are you seeing more and more inquiries about that particular subject or, or is it more coming on the gateway side of the anxiety and depression piece? No, that's a great question. We have absolutely seen uh, much more interest in this. We're constantly filming new content. Most of what we film is suggestions from clients or partners. We also want to make sure that it's very important to us that we not shy away from difficult, sensitive topics, which nevertheless have a huge effect on people's lives. So we have filmed series on sexual violence, on addiction, and actually about a year and a half ago, we filmed a series on suicide. Very, very powerful series. And as we introduce that to our client base, you know, clients can pick and choose their content. And many of them chose the suicide video series to form part of their library. Over the recent weeks, the utilization has climbed dramatically. And not only that, but sometimes we will be working with a client who doesn't have the suicide series in their library, but they will often turn to us and say, you know what, we have an employee, we had an employee who committed suicide last week, or we actually know that we have an employee who is struggling with thoughts of suicide. And they've turned to us and we have given them the series on, on suicide, which covers, you know, uh, the speaker is Speaking from her own personal experience, she had a family member that she lost to suicide. It covers signs and symptoms. It covers, you know, how to speak to somebody you think is is suicidal, and so on and so forth. And so we've we've given that series to these organizations, and they have made enormous use of it organizationally. They have pushed the content out to their employees, giving them ways to have conversations to support other people, and particularly in those cases where an organization has dealt with the topic in one form or another. It's among the most watched video modules for those organizations. So, we, you know, and we, we, we hope to do more. It's, as you said, the statistics are dramatic. I, this is an issue that has always existed and it's now coming out of the shadows. And I'm so glad it is because I really hope that more open conversation makes a huge difference to people. I mean, employers, at least in the States, are coming to the realization that it isn't just hands that come to work every day. It's hearts and minds and, and the entire employee. From a marketing side, if you're an advisor and you're having this conversation with an employer, do you talk about general mental health or do you get into things like absenteeism and presenteeism and those kinds of more payroll-related issues? 
A bit of both. So interestingly, one of the, I don't think it's there right now, but on, on the homepage of our website, we had for a long time, what was written was life follows your employees into work every day. Because we're very conscious of that. When, when an employee comes into work, you're getting the whole person and not only that person, but their their circle of loved ones. So anything that they're dealing with is coming into the workplace. They don't leave it at the door. And similarly, our CEO, Michael Held, wrote an article a few, a little while ago in which he talks about how he feels that it's part of a CEO's responsibility to be the, the chief mental health officer, right? So you want to create a men, a, a, an organization where mental health is valued, supported, discussed, openly talked about. And so when we talk with, with with people, with organizations in the U.S., we talk a lot about that. And and they're usually, if they're speaking to us, they're halfway there already. They've come to understand that supporting their employees' mental health is something that they need to do, both from a sort of ethical, moral, moral point of view, and, and also from a business point of view. And And then, of course, we will also talk about the specifics, as you said, about why this makes sense. Certainly, presenteeism, absenteeism, retaining talent is hugely important in any organization and supporting the mental health of your employees can, can, can go really far towards preventing those things. So, you know, at any given time in your organization, you might have 50% of the people maybe going through a divorce. That can be an excruciatingly difficult time. They may be at work, but they may be worried about making appointments to see who they have to see or consumed with thinking about what they're thinking. And if they have a support right there at their fingertips that gives them practical tips about how to navigate this, then that's going to make a difference to, uh, it's going to remove some of the presenteeism. We have a fixation, at least in the States, about liability. Does the content that gets provided to an employee oftentimes say, look, if this is really a problem, go see a professional, or does it refer them elsewhere, or characterize the, the, the information you're providing as, hey, this is a first step, not a last step? Yeah, for sure. So everywhere on our platform, it's made clear there is a statement that the information provided is for educational purposes only and in no way should replace, you know, professional attention, whether that be medical or financial or otherwise. We go further than that. Certainly whenever we highlight, just to bring back the example of the suicide series, we will always, right next to the video player, have the contact information for national suicide hotlines and websites. So that always accompanies that. In that particular instance, if somebody's in crisis, we don't want to leave them hanging. And then for each one of our clients, we will weave in and cross-promote throughout the platform access to other resources that an employee has by virtue of their wellness program. So for example, when we have video modules about relationships or stress or or what have you, then right next to the video player will be information about how that that person can access their EAP or EFAP resources. So a phone number, a link to a website where they can make an appointment. Similarly, next to our financial health modules, there will be a link through to whatever financial support model that that particular employer is, is doing. And so we don't want to leave our users hanging. We want to push them along the behavior change continuum our first step being an easy one to make, sort of self-activated, you're your own agent, you're educating yourself, and then deciding what your, what your next step might be. 
So we've got about a minute left, and oftentimes, especially with new modalities and new things we're talking about, we like to ask our guests, what's your vision of the future? What do you see happening in the near-term, mid-term, and long-term relative to employers providing information such as this? I think it will become as ubiquitous and necessary as, for example, EAP has been to date. There are a few sort of wellness resources that are in the traditional bucket that employers supply to their their people without really asking any questions about it. It's just something that's done. I think as awareness around mental illness, mental health, suicide, sexual violence, what have you, continues to grow and the conversation continues to be loud and clear that employers will consider offering a mental, particularly mental health support, anonymous, easy to access, no strings attached to their employees is going to be form part of that sort of no-brainer bucket. And I think doing so kind of digitally or leveraging technology in order to make it even more accessible to people will be the way to go in the future. Anna Mittag, Vice President at Lightspeak. Anna, thank you for sharing your expertise on this really important subject with our audience. Thank you. It was a pleasure to be on the show. The Shift Shapers podcast is a production of Strategic Vision Publishing and David Saltzman. This podcast may not be reproduced in any form, in whole or in part, without the express written permission of the producers. All rights reserved.